Everyone needs a pastor. A visit to the pastor's study brings biblically faithful pastoral ministry to you and pastoral ministry from those with proven experience in Christian service. Our time together will be lively, sometimes controversial, always useful, and never dull. Welcome to the study of Pastor Bill Shishko. And this is Pastor Bill Shishko here with you. It's great to have you with us for another visit to the pastor's study. In a previous program called Adopting Children from Hard Places, we developed the theme of how God adopts his people in his son, Jesus Christ. And we were reminded during that program that we're all, by nature, children from hard places because of the multiple effects of sin. But God adopts us, and then in that, what for me was a very special program, we received what I regard as probably one of the most touching reflections of this amazing gospel love, as we got to know Mr. Paul English, and through him his wife Judy, and as we heard his honest and very transparent picture of their experiences adopting children from hard places. And I can't commend that program, Adopting Children from Hard Places, too highly. It's available in the archives at our website, visitthepastorsstudy.org. Now, for this program, we're going to delve into the more basic issue of adopting children today. And I want to begin by using some of the writings of today's guest to grip you with just a few of the sensitive, delicate, and deeply personal issues involved in the big picture that we can, I'm afraid, very indelicately call adoption. Heather Watkins is the wife of Eric Watkins, pastor of Covenant Presbyterian Church in St. Augustine, Florida. She and Eric are currently the parents of three adopted children, Kira, Carl, and Liam. Knowing something of their story as adoptive parents, I believe deeply that their experiences are meant to help others who have adopted children or who are considering adoption. Listen listen to the sounds of a very full and a very deep heart in these things that, that Heather Watkins has written. Adoption, she writes, is the life that follows death. Death of the reproductive body, death of innocence, death of dreams, of families, and of ties. And through that death is born a family that grows stronger because of that trial. All adoptions, writes Heather Watkins, begin and have their foundation in pain and brokenness. As we look at the adoption triad, she writes, number one, the birth family and the birth mother, who, through different circumstances, cannot raise the child that she is bearing, but loves her child so much that she's willing to make one of the most courageous sacrifices known to humanity to give her child what she believes to be a better life, even if that means she, the birth mother, cannot be part of it. Number two in the adoption triad, the adoptive parents, who, in most circumstances, have come to this way of building a family because of infertility, 
and in working through the sorrow of never being able to bear their own children, their children whom they had hoped to raise. And three in this adoptive triangle is, of course, the adoptive child, who comes, writes Heather Watkins, who comes into this world through pain and brokenness and loss, and is truly the passive party with no choice as he or she is given to a family whose name and whose life he or she will take on. This birth family, birth parent or adoptive parent and adoptive child triad becomes the heritage, writes Heather, of each participant and each participant must embrace the story as part of God's will, as an expression of God's working in their lives for their good and for His glory. Also from Heather Watkins, It's not until we embrace the sovereignty of God and we are able to say, God did this to me, and I wouldn't have it any other way because he always knows what is best and he always does his will out of his love for us and for his glory that those in the adop- then that those in the adoptive triad will have true peace like Joseph writes Heather like Joseph when all was against him and after he had lost everything before he could walk the road and be what God had ordained for his life like Hannah who truly embraced that the son she had labored so hard for with tears and with prayer was above all the Lord's. So all parties involved in the adoption process must find peace with God out of the brokenness of their lives. It's hard to read or to listen to these words from one who has felt all the emotions of this painful but beautiful thing called adoption without wanting to get away and to think and to weep. Adoption speaks to us of both a fallen world and amazing love. In just a moment, you'll get to hear the one who wrote those poignant words, Heather Watkins, as she visits the pastor's study to speak with us about adopting children today. Remember that this program wants you to visit the pastor's study by way of your phone calls or by your text. Now, if you want to be on the air as part of the program, just call 631-955-5400. That's the live call-in number, 631-955-5400. Or you can text your questions, and you can do that any time during the week, uh, but particularly for this program. At this number, for text questions only, 516-367-0391. Put that under Pastor Bill, 516-367-0391. We love to get your text questions throughout the week and respond to them. Well, but for now, Heather Watkins, hey, welcome to A Visit to the Pastor's Study. Thank you so much, Pastor Bill. I'm glad to have you with us. Say, Heather, tell us about, as you have put it in your writings, your and your husband's journey in adoption. Well, um, my husband and I have been married for quite a many years, but even when we were talking about getting married, we definitely wanted to have um, four children of our own, two boys and two girls, 
I've always wanted to be a stay-at-home mother. Um, even saw my siblings being born at home. And a couple years into our marriage, we decided to start that family. And over the course of the next seven years, began to realize that that is not the way that God had chosen our road. Um, we actually discovered far in that when I was 11, I had had um, apparently appendicitis that went undiagnosed, and it caused my infertility. And at first, we really struggled with that, uh, just wrestling with the Lord about why. This is my my dream. My husband and I just very much so wanted to not just have children that were biologically ours, but go through the process of bearing children. And we really felt like we needed to place at his feet at the cross to bury really that dream of bearing children biologically before we could truly be ready to be used by him for what we began to realize was the calling that he had for us of adopting children. Um, and since then, uh, right before campaign, we were able to bring home our daughter. Uh, about a, 14 months after that, we brought home our firstborn son. And over the period of many years, we looked forward to more adoptions. We now have a second son and are hoping to adopt one um, more daughter in God's will and his timing. And we just really became aware that every single fear that we had, this is kind of my theme, is there is no fear in love. And every single fear that we ever had, God pushed us in those ways and said, really, you don't think that you can handle this? Well, and he just really exposed our hearts to his gentle and sweet prodding. And because of that, the hard work and the prayer and even the sorrow became the seed for some of the most wonderful blessings in our lives to the point where now, if I had it to do over again, I'd want to be infertile because of the particular children we have and all that we have learned about our Lord and Savior through that, it. That is a marvelous, absolutely marvelous testimony, Heather. I, I, I do. We have so much to cover. I do want to talk with you so that our audience understands different types of adoption. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in the in the magnificent prose that you sent me when you talked about the adoptive triad, and you mentioned the adoptive parents who, in most circumstances, have come to this way of building a family because of infertility, which you mentioned and in working through the sorrow of never being able to bear their own children, their children whom they had hoped to raise. Heather, um, and I know, I know this is painful, but can you tell us a little bit from, from a, a woman's perspective of, of what that sorrow is? <laughs> the most wonderful way to describe it is Mother's Day. I, and we'll talk about this later on, but so many people just, there's such sweet hearts, but don't really think before they open their mouths. And I remember one Mother's Day, we had been going through this process for um, seven years at the time, and a sweet lady came up to me and said, Happy Mother's, oh, yeah, right, never mind, oh. and walked away. Yeah. And it was it was just that pain of feeling like I was only half of a wife, half of a woman. 
um, even had some people very well-intentioned say that they felt that the God's closing my womb was his way of telling us we weren't supposed to be parents. And we struggled with that as well. If you have limited funds, limited time, limited room in your heart and so much fear, it can just be overwhelming. And it, it was a very dark time for us. My husband did not know how best to help me because he he couldn't be me. And I didn't know how best to explain this hole that I had in my heart. It wasn't that God wasn't enough for me, but it was very true that God has created us to, to procreate, to build families. And when that doesn't work, it can be a very introspective period, wondering if it's because of sin, because of things we weren't doing well enough, where do you spend your funds, when do you say enough is enough, and it just came back over and over again to trusting in God's sovereignty and letting him lead us in his will. Well, that's absolutely amazing, Heather, and I appreciate your, your, your transparency about what is so painful, and we are we have devoted a whole section of this program um, to, to the trials, the trials for the adoptive family and the trials for the child who was adopted. But, but Heather, t- talk with us a bit about the different types of adoption. You've got closed adoptions, semi-open adoptions, fully open adoptions. Describe them for us and, and, and perhaps give us maybe some of the misconceptions or the pros and the cons of each of those. Yep. So, um, it, it, 100 years ago, it was very common. Um, if you were going to have an adoption that was not family-related, it was going to be a closed adoption. This is the way things used to be done. And over the course of the years, they began to discover that what was well-intentioned actually hurt the adoptee the most, um, though the birth family and the adoptive family as well, that lack of information actually kept healing process from being realized, that wondering, where do I come from? Who, who, what's my um, original name? What am I, what is my history? What is my heritage? And so what became more and more prevalent was what we call a semi-open adoption. So a closed adoption is where you have no identifying information whatsoever. The way that this still occurs is sometimes in international adoption and especially in what's called safe haven adoptions. Our adoption agency just um, had one of those recently. And that is where the birth mother is able to place her child with no questions asked at a place like a hospital or a police station. And in those cases, that's a completely close adoption. What became far more prevalent was what we would call a semi-open adoption, where you have first names, maybe some medical or um, social history of the other party, But there was no identifying information, no last names, no addresses, or anything like that. And any correspondence would go through the agency or through the lawyer so that if there were a serious medical issue or if when the adoptee became 18, 
they could petition through that agency permission to contact their birth family. However, in this day and age, what's becoming more and more noticeable is there's actually no such thing as a truly semi-open adoption. Yeah, I I wonder. I mean, that's the obvious question. (laughs) Everybody's information about everything is out there all the time. Uh, How how do you... If you type in Eric, Heather, and our daughter's first name, and we don't have Twitter or Facebook... Our information pulls up. So it's really become a myth, the semi-open adoption. However, there's so much misconception about a fully open adoption. And listen, when we first started the process, we were very afraid of what would be considered an open adoption now. And in God's sweet, tender, loving mercy, he has been pushing us with this fear. Open adoption means you know who the other person is. It doesn't mean that you continue to have the birth family over to your home or meet and greet all of the time. What it means is that you know the person's last name. You have identifying information. And what's ironic is a lot of times once the adoption is finalized, it's the birth mother who chooses to close any continuing communication. She needs to know that her decision was the right one. She needs to know that her child is healthy, is happy, is well taken care of in order to be able to heal. And that's one of the most beautiful things about adoptions being more open. But it's actually the adoptive parents that want more information, want more communication, because they begin to realize that this is their child's heritage. Yeah, isn't, it, isn't it fascinating how God has not constituted us to be individualists the way many think, especially in America. Uh, we're, we're made to think in terms of our heritage and our background and our name and so on. But Heather, let, let me ask you a question, though, about, the, about what fully open adoption. Is there a fear, particularly when you're in the process of adopting the, the child, uh, is there a fear that the, that the birth parents would want the child back? Uh, it seems to me that that would come into play. Yes, that is, and every um, every state has different laws, and every law is changing. So you want to contact people in your own particular area, in your own particular state. Where we adopted, um, it is there's a great set of laws put into place where the birth mother receives a lot of counseling beforehand, but when she finally does make the, her decision, it is legally binding. So there is that's another one of those misconceptions. We 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 need to talk about the the different avenues of adoption and, and that we'll do that in the next segment. Our guest today is Heather Watkins and we're talking about adopting children today. Um, and just so you know that we would invite your telephone calls as fascinating as the interview is we welcome your calls dealing with the topic of of uh, not not adoption as God adopts us although there's time to deal with that but actually adopting children today call in number 631-955-5400 or you can text your questions if you're more comfortable with that text them to Pastor Bill 516 516- Three six seven zero three nine one. We'll be back with Heather Watkins and adopting children today after this message from the voice of a visit to the pastor's study. That great city, New York. 
Metropolitan New York is the largest city in the United States. And with a population of over 20 million people, Metro New York is one of the largest cities in the world. And what's more, Metro New York is home to people from every nation of the world. To reach Metro New York is to reach the world. But churches faithful to historic Reformation Christianity in the Metro New York area are few and far between. The mission fields of Metro New York are America's richest and most neglected. Reformation Metro New York is an agency by which the Orthodox Presbyterian Church is planting and developing biblically faithful churches and church ministries in the Metro New York area. Through Reformation Metro New York, you can help promote the outreach of this program, a visit to the pastor's study, and other projects designed to further the ongoing reformation of the church. That and church planting are the great passions of Reformation Metro New York. For more information, check out the website at ReformationMetroNY.org where you'll get a personal look at the ministries of the churches, pastors, evangelists, and teachers of the Orthodox Presbyterian Church in the area, and you'll learn how you can be a part of our labors. We need your help. Here's the site again, ReformationMetroNY.org. Thanks for your interest and your help. Remember that great city, New York. To reach Metro New York is to reach the world. Now back to today's edition of A Visit to the Pastor's Study. And today in the Pastor's Study, we're talking about adopting children today. And my guest is the, the wife of Pastor Eric Watkins, Heather Watkins, uh, discussing the topic on her own uh, so so such sensitive a way uh, because she and her husband are the adoptive parents of three children and are hopeful that there will be a fourth. Your call-in question number is 631-955-5400. If you want to call in and be on the air with your questions for Heather, 631-955-5400. And to text in your question, it's 516 367 0391. Heather, over my years as a pastor working with uh, parents who um, worked through the things you did and, and came to the view that they were going to adopt, I found out very quickly there are, <laughs> there are deeply held views about the way this is to be done. Um, the, the, particularly, I found the issue is do you work through a private agency or a religious agency or do you work through a lawyer? And um, I, I learned to just listen and try to call <laughs> what information I could. But explain for us the different avenues for adoption. Um, the, obviously, the international one, which I know is, is discussed um, very frequently. And then, of course, one we don't think about as much is adoption, adopting children who have been uh, in, in foster care. Then the issue of private agency or adoption lawyer or even personal adoptions, working things out with, with families that we know. Talk, talk to us about those different avenues for adoption. Definitely. Um, we personally have adopted two of our children through a an agency and one of our children from a lawyer, but we have very close friends who have adopted internationally, foster to adopt, and familial adoption as well, and have just heard wonderful stories from each. So there is always, these are generalizations. Um, international adoption had been far more prevalent. It's, it's declined a little bit, um, but it's still a definite a viable way of adopting. 
The adoptive um, couple actually chooses the child in most occasions. The wait period tends to be shorter, and the adoptions are almost always closed. More times than not, the adoptee is coming from an actual orphanage. Um, The cost, however, averages more in the $40,000 range, and the child tends to be older, normally between the ages of one and three. And this comes with it oftentimes physical or emotional disabilities. So it is, again, a calling by adoptive parents where they feel most led. Yeah, and these, these children with physical or emotional disability, just for our audience's sake, this the phrase for this is children from hard places, which was the subject of a, of a previous program. But, but, Heather, okay, so that's international adoption. Talk mm-hmm. to us a little bit about from, from a, having a foster child to a child's adopted. Yep, so um, foster to adopt, obviously, it's a state-by-state um, situation. Some states do things in a more adoption-friendly framework, and some states not so much. It tends to be, for the most part, free, state-funded, um, rarely is the child an infant, and typically the child, the adoptee, has been forcibly removed from their birth family's home due to neglect or abuse. Now that's the children from hard places again. Yeah. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And the process is managed by the state. It does tend to be a long and complicated process just due to normal um, bureaucracy and there are many times where you can be fostering and think that you're going to be adopting an adoptee and then the state comes in and says, oh, wait, there's this relative over here and you have not very much time to say goodbye. But there are a myriad of children waiting in the foster system and for people with lower economic means, this can be a wonderful way to build their family as well. Fascinating. Something perhaps we should just deal with one whole program on that. Sure. What about lawyer-enabled adoptions? So um, you need to have a lawyer for every adoption, but these are ones that are actually run by a firm, and the birth mother will come to the firm and indicate that she wants to choose um, to place her child for adoption, and they, the birth mother chooses the adoptive couple, usually from an array of what we call profiles, and this process tends to be pretty quick, shorter wait periods. The cost averages um, thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars, and in most cases, the funds are due upon match. That means when the birth family and the adoptive family say, yes, we would like to consider this, and this is before the birth mother is due. And that um, placement is when she actually signs paperwork. So the bulk of the money is due when she's still pregnant without any legal binding agreements that the adoption will actually take place. So it tends to be a much quicker process, but it can be a far more financially risky process. Um, And 
This doesn't always happen. It obviously is case by case, but we find that oftentimes the birth mothers are not given the counsel that they need. That all having been said, we have a wonderful son who was adopted through a firm, and we're very grateful for him. And Heather, I would assume the laws differ from state to state regarding yes. lawyer they do so yeah th- those of you you should be checking with the laws within your particular state because yes. obviously that if i'm understanding you properly you could put up say the 30 to 40 thousand dollars and then lose it correct yes and that actually is pretty much across the board um and this is not really a fault of any lawyer but of the system nowadays is what's happening is People are getting around existing laws, and it's becoming almost uh, either some people selling or buying a baby, which should never be the case, or potential birth mothers finding out that they can have their entire pregnancy funded without ever having to sign any paperwork at the end. And with any uh, posting that's given, you can pretty much be guaranteed there of 100 desperate adoptive families that will sign up for that, hoping to be chosen by this potential birth mother because they're that desperate to be placed with an infant. uh, The importance of of, getting good counsel for this. um, Heather, talk about now adoption agencies. Now, I have a definite um, bias towards adoption agencies. We've had a wonderful experience with them. And, again, the thing that we like the most about adoptive agencies is that the birth mother is given solid counseling. So she's not the one that is left without help through this process. Um, So we have adopted two through Catholic Charities. We are now with a wonderful agency in the state of Florida called Christian Family Services, We know other people that have gone with Bethany Christian Services or other agencies like them. And they counsel the birth mothers regardless of whether or not they choose to place. And when they finally go for match, the birth mother is nearing the end of her pregnancy. They've really narrowed down three or four profiles that they think is the best match because they've spent the time to get to know The birth mothers, they've spent the time to really get to know the adoptive families. And when you you have an initial setup fee for home study, et cetera, and then the next check that you give is at placement. This is after the paperwork has been signed. You know that this birth mother has chosen you and signed be out of love for this child and the money is guaranteed. In other words, you are not at risk of the baby being taken back. Um, The average also tends to be more in the range of 18 to 28,000 because most of these ministries are nonprofit agencies that accept donations for adoption. Okay, that's true. No, those are through the agencies. Now, Mm -hmm. Heather, um, just before we take our, our, our break, talk a little bit about, uh, I don't know what you'd call them, personal interpersonal adoptions or, or, or things that are worked out within families. I, I know this is not common, but, but certainly this is done as well, correct? 
Yes, it's actually something we have a real heart for, um, and that is where whether it's a family that's known within your circle or even somebody within your extended family, um, you end up making the match personally and then go to an agency or a lawyer to finalize the adoption. Okay, so you're still, obviously, you still have to work with the lawyer, but not you don't work with an agency with this, correct? Well, um, we... If there there was a potential um, here and there in the course of our journey, and in each of those circumstances, we would have gone with Catholic Charities. They would have um, done a a different fee schedule since we are coming to okay. them with a match. We know other people who did that. They already knew the birth mother. Then they went to their agency and said, this is a match. The agency did all the legal side of things for them, but it was... Um, definitely a, a cheaper process. Now, Heather, is this the kind of thing that churches that are networking with one another could facilitate? Definitely. And it's something that we really have a heart for. If you were to um, have in one church, for instance, a birth mother, and in another church or another area of the church an adoptive family, even someone who would like to donate and help with an adoption or a lawyer that would like to do work at almost a pro bono um, rate. All of these things, we know of one situation where um, the family knew of a birth mother, and it all occurred through the church. And the beautiful thing about it at the end is the spiritual blessing that had been given to each part of that triad. That's fascinating. My guest today is Heather Watkins. She and her pastor husband, Eric, are adoptive parents of currently three children, hoping for a fourth, and uh, we're dealing with adopting children today, and I just it's kind of a good lead-in to the break here. Um, this program is about church. Uh, we are really concerned that churches be doing what churches are called in the Word of God to do, and this is a fascinating area that I guess most of us have not thought about uh, the way the, the church that is a, a church of adopted children, adopted in Christ, can be an agency to help uh, with uh, an, an instrument, I should say, of, of helping with, with adoption. So something for some of our listeners to think about and work on. Uh, this program, A Visit to the Pastor's Study, is brought to you as an outreach of a group of churches uh, within the metropolitan New York and southern Connecticut area. These congregations are all part of the Orthodox Presbyterian Church, and you'll find them Harvest Church in East Haddam, Connecticut, and the Orthodox Presbyterian Church in Hamden, Connecticut. And then as you come down into the New York area, just north of New York City, the Orthodox Presbyterian Church, we just call it the OPC, in Mount Vernon, New York, Reformation Presbyterian Church in Fresh Meadows, Queens, and then right here on Long Island, Orthodox Presbyterian Congregations in Franklin Square, uh, Trinity Church in Syosset, and the OPC in Bohemia. And uh, these are not the only faithful churches in this area, but they represent them. And we remind all of our listeners, you need to be part of a church in which the Word of God is preached regularly and in which Christ Jesus and the Gospel are the focus. You can get podcasts of a visit to the pastor's study 
by going to our website, Visit the Pastor's Study, that's all one word, visitthepastorsstudy.org. And I would recommend a couple, one we've mentioned already, uh, the program Adopting Children from Hard Places, uh, which is a May 2018 podcast at our website, Adopting Children from Hard Places, which is a complement to this program. And then also the program we've mentioned many times, probably the finest brief presentation of what it is to, as the title says, form young disciples, forming young disciples, taking the children in, in Christian homes and raising them for the glory of God. Uh, that program with guest pastor Benjamin Miller is in the March 2017 podcast section on uh, visitthepastorsstudy.org or in the archive section podcast section. These are these are what we call magazine articles for the year, and you'll find them informative. You don't just read them. You you listen, and the impact of, of voice uh, has it has impact that even a magazine article doesn't have. We'd like it if you'd like us and follow us on Facebook. And if you'd like to email me, it's visitpastorbill at gmail.com. For Facebook, it's a visit to the pastor's study. For my email, visitpastorbill at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. Telephone number for today as we deal with adopting children today, 631-955-5400. If you'd like to call in with your question or if you'd like to text your question, 516-367-0391. Heather Watkins is my guest. Topic is adopting children today. Heather, let's talk about the trials for the adoptive family, especially the adoptive mother, and include in this, help us, what should people not be, be <laughs> saying or asking, okay? <laughs> my my daughter came to me this past year, and we, we were having a wonderful conversation about adoption, and I, I asked her, what are some questions that you get? And, and she started um, writing down in my phone questions like, how long were you in the orphanage? Was it like the one in the movie Annie? <laughs> or where is your real mom? Why are you living with your brother if he's not really your brother? Or why didn't your birth mother love you? That one's a hard one. Um, it, those questions asked of kids and also asked of us can be very painful, um, but at the same time they're a beautiful opportunity just to help educate people. I, I find that most people when they ask questions they're a little bit nervous, they're a little bit shy, but they really have an interest and they may fumble through the statements and inadvertently say things that in polite conversation is quite rude. Like, Why can't you have kids of your own? <laughs> but that's actually a very good question, and it leads into a wonderful opportunity to talk about God's sovereignty and his grace and to educate people about the joys and blessings about adoption. Now, do you uh, sort of gently correct people when they they're, they're, don't think they mean to be malicious <laughs> or insensitive, uh, but, but do you gently correct what ends up being uh, an, an, an insensitive remark to you? You know, sometimes we have been counseled to correct people, and I think that really ends up being a person-by-person, personality-by-personality type thing. Um, If someone says the term real mom, I'll just, in conversation, talk about the birth mother. 
And because there is, I'm not her real mom and her birth mother isn't, and vice versa. We're two sides of the same coin. One woman was able to bear my child but couldn't raise my child. And I am able to raise my child but was never able to bear my child. And there's that beautiful symmetry there of God's will. So instead of overtly making them feel awkward so they don't ask any more questions, I just use the correct terminology in my conversation so that by hearing it, it helps them to learn better language. Yeah, That's very helpful, Heather. I, uh, having been involved with conversations like this, of course, this is more my way. You're Floridian. I'm New York. <laughs> yeah. And I'll simply say, this is the real mom. They they reflect what God did when God adopted us. And we don't say God's our real father. He's our father. Okay, so maybe maybe a little bit of uh, holy chutzpah by pastors. (laughs) Okay, so now talk about some of you. Gives you a hint at them. Some of the trials for the child who who was adopted. I mean, how, how do you how do you coach your children? Well, we found it a very, thankfully, we were given great counsel to always be honest with our children. There's a beautiful section in Corrie Ten Boom's The Hiding Place, and she talks about her dad waiting to give her the train ticket because there were certain things she wasn't ready to handle until it was time to board the train. She used that analogy about God giving her the strength to handle the trials when they came. And just because you are always honest with your child does not mean you need to give all information all at once. But my children never have known a day where they have not heard the terminology about adoption. And just even talking about, um, you know, how God broke mommy's tummy and so that we could adopt them and how grateful we are that God always knows best, always bringing them back to how God's sovereignty is a portrait of his love for them. And as they grow and they have more questions, we're entering a new phase of questions about them wanting to get to know more about their birth family or our son being frustrated that God closed my womb. Why did it have to be there that way? Why did sin have to create pain in this world? What a glorious opportunity to show him the gospel and help him with the trials that he will always have in his life, always see how God is working through those trials for his good and for God's glory. Now, Heather, do you do you initiate these discussions with your children, thinking they may be afraid to bring these things up, or do you wait for your children to, to at least hint at these things or bring them up before you deal with them, or is it both? Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. It, it's both. Um, I used to wait, and especially now with um, a, a daughter that is um, still a child, but in her mind becoming 30, <laughs> um, it, I've been initiating more of the conversations. And there have been some conversations, questions she's asked, and I said, do you trust me that you're not ready to hear those answers, but I promise you I will tell you those answers when you are ready. And and what kind of answer do you get? I hope they it's, say yes. <laughs> yeah, um, sometimes they struggle some, but the main thing is I always tell them, 
that I am there for them and they should never be afraid to talk to me. I never want them to be afraid of hurting me by the questions that they have. I want them to feel like we're walking through this path hand in hand and that there is nothing that they can ask me that will hurt me or offend me in a way that I wouldn't want them to ask anyway. Yeah, what a beautiful reflection that is in the way we as God's adopted children pray to him. Uh, we can come to him and ought to come to him with everything. That doesn't mean he'll make clear to us e- either then or in the near near future what the answer is. We sometimes have to have to wait to see and in some cases it'll be even in eternity before we actually see what what's in uh, what the answer is so to speak. Um, Heather, this is a question that came, and uh, you may not want to address it. We may we may need to do a separate program on the subject with with someone perhaps is more experienced with it. But um, one of our one of our listeners texted this question. Sorry if it's a little off topic, but what would your view be on a couple in the situation Heather Watkins shared? choosing in vitro fertilization surrogacy instead mm-hmm. of adoption? Actually, that is um, another form of adoption that is not discussed uh, a lot. Uh, the surrogacy, especially, they're called snowflake adoptions. Correct. And I know people who have done that as well, and it's, it's a wonderful thing. Uh, I would always counsel people to go through these kinds of processes with a mentor, whether it's their pastor or an elder or someone else that's already gone through the process. But um, I've, I've heard very good results from that. Excellent. That's very helpful. I'm making notes, Heather, as we uh, begin looking at the uh, visit to the pastor's study schedule for September to December. I've already got another couple of programs. We'll have to be in communication about these things. <laughs> Heather, we talked about the uh, the trials. What, what about the blessings of being adoptive parents? Yep. So um, I wrote this down, you know, and one of the things with the trials and um, just Something that I want my kids to always know is their heritage, their story. That, yes, it came from brokenness, but that it is just like our story in Christ, it is their story in Christ. Um, Every one of my kids has had a hymn that has really spoken to me in the year that they were adopted. Um, my last child that we were able to um, be placed with, it was Praise the Lord the Almighty. And there's this beautiful line where it says, Hast thou not seen how thy desires e'er have been granted in what he ordaineth? That God gives us our desires, but our desires as he molds them to his desires. And um, another one of my kids talking about, oh, Father, you are sovereign, the Lord of human pain, that God is in control of even the pain, and yet he changes them. Your love pursues its purpose, our soul's eternal good. And the child that we're hoping to adopt, um, Like a River Glorious, has really spoken to me. It talks about every joy or trial falleth from above, traced upon our dial by the Son of Love, we may trust him fully, all for us to do. They who trust him wholly, find him wholly true. And just learning that there is no fear in love. 
um, in the finalization of each of our children, there's this one line that says, the minor child shall be the child and legal heir of the petitioners and shall be entitled to all rights and privileges and subject to all the obligations of a child born to the petitioners. What beautiful gospel language, Isn't just that, like us amazing. with our salvation. Isn't that? That is absolutely beautiful. Just a little aside here, Heather's, uh, uh, Heather's emphasis on hymns. Uh, please, folks, don't throw out the old hymns. Amen. There are so many fine contemporary hymns. We should be incorporating them, too. But Heather has referred to some of the classic old hymns. And uh, one of our programs was from the executive director of Great Commission Publications, which publishes, among many other fine things, the Trinity Hymnal. And if you want a wonderful collection of hymns such as Heather has referred to, Look up Great Commission Publications. You can Google that. Get a copy of the Trinity Hymnal and use it as as part of your personal worship. Heather, in the minutes we've got left, and there's not many of them, talk about how we can be of support and help to adoptive parents. Yeah. So one of the things um, you're asking also about things that pastors can do, um, people can do research. It's very easy to Google um, more current terminology, ways to help, things like that. But remember to trust in God's Word. Just because you don't have personal experience with an issue like adoption does not mean that you cannot be a great encourager and um, counselor to someone going through that process. Remember that it is a heritage and a story that God has chosen for each person in the triad. Actually, our adoption counselor prefers the term circle. And I really love this because the family, the extended family, adoption coordinators, especially if you're with a Christian adoption agency, and especially the church, are part of this story of grace and love that adoption can be. Our our church so fully accepts and loves and nurtures our children, and it really has been the greatest thing gift that we have been able to give our kids has been the church family, the church body that they have inherited through adoption. Heather, fascinating. If if you were, you and your husband will say your husband through you were going to give some practical advice to pastors and elders about how to help parents who are considering adoption or they've adopted? What, what would those things be? Yep. Um, remember that it is a calling, not a sec- second option or refusing to accept God's will. And if the person that's coming to you still feels that way, counsel them through it. And just like with any other calling, make sure that it is a true calling Sometimes people look to adoption for the wrong reasons, and it's it's very it's a very difficult process. But that doesn't mean that it's not good. Um, but they do need not just encouragement, but counsel. Challenge them to make sure that their hearts are in the right place, and more importantly, keep going back to there is no fear in love, and even this fourth time around. I cannot tell you how many times I've struggled with desperation. And desperation 
is not trusting in the Lord. And just really coming back to, are we trusting him to provide? For instance, when it comes to economics, this is a big way that pastors can encourage. It's so easy to overextend oneself beyond one's economic means. This is a very expensive thing. And just always continue to remind the adoptive family, God owns a cattle on a thousand hills, and he cares for you. And if he has ordained for this to happen, he will ordain for a way for it to happen. And I, th- I think one other thing as well, and, and this perhaps will be another program or at least uh, connected with it, is ways in which Christians of means can contribute in certain ways to help families uh, who don't have the means to adopt. I, I don't know if you have any experience with that. We actually have um, <laughs> a grand plan. <laughs> no, actually, especially for denominations, finding point people that would be willing to make this more of a ministry that individual churches can connect with. If they, they this one church has an adoptive family and this other church has a potential birth parent, and this third church has someone of means that would like to contribute. And in that manner, things are done more and more by the best people that are in place to handle this, and that is the church. Yeah, fascinating. Hey, our guest today, Heather Watkins, and, and just a, kind of a bridge to the ending of the program, this is why we are so excited about church. Church gets a bad name in our culture today, it doesn't have a bad name in the Word of God. The Lord is building His church, and we talked today about some of the avenues for ministry in terms of helping people who are adopting children today. Our thanks to Heather Watkins and also to husband, Pastor Eric Watkins, for loaning Heather to us today. Uh, Pastor Eric, Pastor's Covenant Presbyterian Church, a congregation of the Orthodox Presbyterian Church in St. Augustine, Florida. For our listeners in that area, if you're looking for a church, look up Covenant Presbyterian Church in St. Augustine. You'll have a fine pastoral ministry there. Hey, we appreciate your feedback or your questions. You can email me, visitpastorbill at gmail.com, visitpastorbill at gmail.com. Remember, tomorrow is the Lord's Day. Be sure to set apart time to worship the Lord in a church that is faithful to the Word of God. Remember, too, that everyone needs a pastor. Let's pray together. Lord, we praise you that in Christ you adopt your people, and we praise you for the beautiful reflection of adoption and adoptive families like the Watkins family. We pray that you will bless these and make them a testimony of amazing grace. Amen. You've been listening to A Visit to the Pastor's Study, a ministry of Reformation Metro New York. Our website is www.reformationmetrony.org. Again, that's www.reformationmetrony.org. For more information on the program, check out our website at www.visitthepastorsstudy.org. That's www.visitthepastorsstudy.org. Listen in next week at 12 noon for another edition of... A visit to the pastor's study. Remember, everyone needs a pastor.